Simon, many people argue the US is now the world's only superpower. Is this a view you agree with? And if so, why is this so? It is a view I agree with if one's talking about military power. After the end of the Cold War and the dissolution of the Soviet Union, the United States clearly became the sole superpower, militarily speaking. But if you look at the distribution of economic power around the world, then I think it's not the case. The United States is a superpower. It's the most powerful economy, but there are many other important centers of economic power in Europe and especially in Asia. And I think this raises a very real issue about the impact or consequences of, of the fact that the United States is militarily a superpower. Because if you have a world in which economic power and with that often political power is dispersing away from the United States and yet the United States remains militarily the most important power, is the United States able to use that military power to political effect in the way that, for example, it was through most of the Cold War to persuade allies, to reassure allies, to deter adversaries? So yes, it's a sole superpower militarily speaking, but I think the political consequences of that are much more problematic. So therefore, to describe the United States as the sole superpower politically, I think, is, is questionable. If one distinguishes international power then between economic, political and, and military might, what do people mean when they describe the US as a hegemon? I think by describing the United States as a hegemon, they're, they're talking about a form of international influence and ability to shape the international system that doesn't rest simply upon the ability to coerce, that doesn't just depend on, on the military might, as, as you put it. And I think one might unpack that in terms of three different aspects of the United States hegemony that people have talked about. One is the ability to provide collective leadership for other states in the system, to address issues of concern to many states, to propose policies, institutions which are of benefit to the United States but of benefit to other states as well, leadership on trade liberalization or monetary stability or something like that. I think a second is the ability to set the terms of economic and cultural development across the globe. The United States is not in any sense now the only important centre of economic power in the world, but it is still the centre of innovation in the world economy. It is the US economy that sets the terms of innovation for most of the rest of the system. It is still the case that United States culture and cultural forms set the terms of debate for many other cultures in the world. So there's, in a sense, being at the forefront of economic and cultural development in which other countries, whether by choice or, or by force of circumstance, are kind of compelled to follow American leadership. And then the third, I suppose, is, is the idea of American society as, a, as an attractive society, a society that many people would seek to uh, move to if they could, or um, many societies seek to emulate. So those are aspects of leadership and ability to shape the international system which really depend on providing either positive resources for others to benefit from or forms of persuasion and encouragement that don't rest on coercion and might. And this would imply that a hegemonic power is one that can also be challenged by other interests, by other actors within the political system, within the international order. So it's not assumed that this is necessarily by everybody thinks this is a good thing. Absolutely not. And I think one of the crucial things about hegemonic power is that 
its exercise itself sometimes creates opposition, sometimes it creates consent. And one of the interesting debates, I think, that's come out of the United States and its allies after 9-11 and particularly after the invasion of Iraq in 2003 is whether the United States is in some danger of squandering its hegemonic leadership, that as it were, the misuse of hegemonic power can in a sense backfire and countries that were very sympathetic to the United States culturally and politically may begin to turn against the United States. Can we then define the United States as an empire, as an imperial power in the way that we used to think Britain was an imperial power in the 19th century and early 20th century? When it had physical holdings, it owned and controlled places around the globe. Does this description apply to the US today? I don't think it does. I mean, there is an important set of debates that argues that as the United States, in a sense, loses the capacity for hegemonic leadership, so it will resort to more imperial forms of control and influence. But I think one needs to treat that with a healthy dose of scepticism. Apart from the conflicts in Afghanistan and Iraq, the United States is not territorially occupying other territories, even if it has bases in them. This is not direct rule of other territories in the sense that the European empires entertained in the late 19th and early 20th century. If you compare the United States' ability to reorder societies and politics on the ground with the transformation that the European empires wrought in the colonial world, then the United States' influence is puny. Um, one only needs to look at Iraq and Afghanistan to see that. So I think in the sense of a direct comparison to, as it were, the classical heyday of European imperialism, personally I think it's a fanciful comparison. The United States doesn't have the capacity or the will for that kind of empire. There's another sense of empire, though, where I think it has slightly more legitimacy, which is empire as a strategy of co-opting foreign elites and controlling their foreign policies. And in that rather specific and limited sense of empire, then I think it probably is accurate to describe large parts of America's international influence as imperial. And that relates to its role as a hegemon, as a yes. kind of sense of attraction for people within the world. For those elites and for uh, and for them finding it in their interest to subordinate aspects of their foreign policy to the wider foreign policy of the United States, yes. The Open University. For more information, go to www.open.edu forward slash iTunes U.